successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening to 980 AM today and on Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you joining me as well on iTunes and Stitcher Radio as well as on Grill Nation Show. Dot com where you connect with us and find information on all of our shows, our guests, photos of our uh, people that have come in studio to join us, and also our social media information. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. On today's show, um, we are going to start off the show with John uh, Maslowski, who's the Vice President of Market Development at Renovate America. We're going to talk about some really exciting programs here uh, going on in Missouri, one is which is the PACE program. Uh, we also will talk about the Hero Program and uh, clean energy here in in, in Missouri. And uh, looking forward to hearing more from John about all the great things they're doing here in Missouri. And then uh, after John, we're going to have on Paul Singh, who I met when I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, working with the Kauffman Foundation on a mayor summit. Paul is a entrepreneur and uh, spent a year in an airstream traveling the the country. He uh, founded or was one of the partners of 500 startups, and uh, was his one of his companies was acquired by 1776. So he's uh, he's going to be going back out on the airstream, I believe, uh, in 2017. So I wanted to talk to him about his experience talking to entrepreneurs. His goal is to connect entrepreneurs with venture capitalists. So uh, really exciting show today. Paul will uh, be joining us in segment three and four today from. I believe uh, somewhere on the road or Washington, D.C., he'll be calling in on the show. I want to thank our partners and supporters real quick of Grill Nation. Our title sponsor are Trust, Bank of Kansas City, and Two West Advisors. Also contributors to the show are the Rieger KC, Kansas City Power and Light District, and Reactor Design Studios. Clifton Alexander is a on-air contributor, as well as Ryan Maybe, who is an on-air contributor of the show. I want to bring in our first guest today, John Maslowski, who's the Vice President of Market Development at Renovate America, connected through Teresa Garza, who I've known for years in the political world, and uh, excited to have you on the show today. John, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Jason. So uh, tell us about your background. I, I saw that you went to uh, University of Wisconsin. That's right. So I'm a, a Badger. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice place. I've been there. Yeah. Visited Madison. Know the mayor of Madison. And... Uh, uh, it's a nice city. That's so right. not not a good week to be a Packers fan, but otherwise, I'm yeah, okay. right. And that's that's that you had a good year though, right? right. So, um, so you're in Kansas City now. That's right. Yeah, my wife is originally from the area. I actually lived in Kansas City for about six years back 90, in late '90s, early 2000s. So glad to be back. It's good to have you back. Um, tell us about what you do. What, what's, what's your day to day look like? What? Well, let's get into what is Pace. Sure, absolutely. So Pace is property assessed clean energy. Okay. Uh, the state of Missouri passed a state statute in 2010. Uh, in 2011, our public partner, uh, the Missouri Clean Energy District, was formed. And for a number of years, they focused on uh, smaller commercial projects. Uh, in late 2015, uh, they selected Renovate America, which is the private company that I work for, as their PACE program administrator. Okay. And so this is a public-private partnership. Uh, the partnership is uh, really brings both.
both commercial and residential together. Uh, Renovate America is the largest uh, residential PACE uh, platform in the country. And as I mentioned, PACE is Property Assessed Clean Energy. And what it does is it's a mechanism, it's another financing tool for property owners to finance energy-efficient and renewable energy products on their property. So think HVAC, roofing, uh, efficient windows and doors, insulation to solar panels. Hmm. And this is all under the umbrella of Renovate America, which is, as you said, it's a group that partners with local and state governments to offer um, the community's hero, the leading residential PACE program to the U.S. hero. Uh, you guys have financed more than $1.8 billion in home improvements, according to what I'm reading. Right. And um, you you work in financing in uh, many different areas with improvements to the home. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So we partner, as you mentioned, with local governments as well as local contractors uh, to provide an affordable and accessible financing mechanism for energy-efficient improvements. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what I do around the state is work with the 114 uh, plus one, including the city of St. Louis. Uh, there are a lot of different uh, constituencies in in the state. Mm-hmm. And so we began offering hero financing in the Kansas City area in mid-September. And okay. we've seen some real great success. We've financed uh, over $2 million of local home improvements with local contractors. Uh, mm-hmm. We're helping create jobs. It's another economic development tool for the community. We're seeing some great environmental benefits as well because these are individuals that are installing energy-efficient products. They're not using as much energy. They're putting solar on their home. Uh, So it's really a win-win-win for local government, for local contractors, and property owners. You mentioned this. uh, the law in Missouri was passed in 2010. That's right. So what what happened? We had a little, little delay there, and yeah, uh, you know the Missouri Clean Energy District was formed in 2011. Okay, and then it wasn't until this past year uh, that the FHA and the Veterans Administration really came out in support of PACE on the residential side. I see, and that really got things going in a big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in California, it's actually been real active, uh, regardless for the past five years, and that's where we really built our track record, really honed in on the tools and what property owners and what. Uh, local communities really needed to have a successful program. And so that's what we're bringing to Missouri today. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, what is the Missouri Clean Energy District? So the the Missouri Clean Energy District is an independent political subdivision of the state of Missouri. Okay. Uh, So they are our public partner in this public-private partnership. And so they have the authority for PACE financing. And so when we're talking with local government, we're trying to really understand what are their economic development goals, their job creation goals, their environmental goals, and we try to make sure that there is synergy there. And if so, they voluntarily join as a member of, uh, join the district, join the Missouri Clean Energy District on the, their advisory council. And uh, basically the governance of the, the Missouri Clean Energy District is the member, are the member communities. So member cities and member counties. As of today, we have 82 uh, mm-hmm. Missouri counties and cities that are members of the district. Uh, and our goal between Teresa and myself is to bring on, like I mentioned, all, all the various counties and what, communities across well, how, the state. What, what's the uh, the hardest hurdle with bringing on a county? Yeah, it, it's really, uh, you know, relationships is a big thing because, yeah. you know, I can call a county commissioner many times, but if he doesn't know who I am or know what PACE is, it can be challenging. So really trying to understand uh, how I, what their background is, what would resonate with them. So is, is there a platform jobs? Is it is it economic development? Is it the environment? Trying to understand uh, what will resonate with that individual so that we can get a meeting, explain what PACE is, explain here, explain the benefits we're going to be driving in the community. We've got about a minute left on the segment. So, again, so the Missouri Clean Energy District is the public 
wing, That's right. um, partnering with Renovate America. Um, PACE is Property Assessed Clean Energy, and that is what provides the financing to Missouri property owners. And then um, Hero is also part of that. Right. Hero is our brand of PACE. So that is Renovate America's brand of PACE. And we really look at Hero as the gold standard for consumer protections in the home improvement industry. Mm-hmm. And so Hero is our is our platform for bringing PACE to Missouri. Interesting. So you guys have been pretty successful thus far, it sounds like. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, you know, we're, Teresa and I are, I call it on an education tour, traveling all around the state, so definitely appreciate the opportunity. Any good, sto- any good stories? You guys, uh, we can get into those in the next, but you've been traveling, it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, a, a lot. You know, a, a colleague of mine, you know, has hit a deer and, you know, so <laughs> lot, lots, of, lot, lots of miles on the road, but everybody's safe and every, you know, so. It's a pretty diverse state, even for being in the Midwest, you know, there's a lot of different Absolutely. pockets of people and places and. Absolutely. You know, you go from urban to rural to suburban to exurban. I mean, you can counter a lot of different things, a lot of different uh, county commissioners, I oh, assume. Absolutely. No <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, thanks for joining Grill Nation show today. We'll be right back after the break with more with John Meslowski. We're going to talk more about uh, the eligibility requirements for this and how to get involved and how the process works. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts running fast like a man on I'm going crazy though. TV and the radio been watching since a baby, so I'm representing Casey Mo. Casey Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today via uh, 980 AM or on podcast or uh, actually at GrillNationShow.com. Uh, I've had a good show so far today. Again, uh, connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Uh, I want to talk again to John Mazluski, who's the Vice President of Market Development at Renovative America. We're talking about the PACE program, or PACE, as well as the HERO program, and uh, kind of what they're doing here in Missouri. And uh, for our listeners again, uh, John, just talk to us again about, uh, break down the three parts of this sure. structure, yeah, and then sure. we'll go into what are the eligibility requirements. Absolutely. So uh, PACE, Property Assessed Clean Energy. Uh, it's a public-private partnership with ourselves, which is Renovate America and our public partner, the Missouri Clean Energy District. Mm-hmm. Our PACE platform is HERO, uh, which is really the gold standard for consumer protections in the home improvement industry. Uh, just as of mid-September, we're active in the Kansas City area. In November, we began offering financing in certain parts of the St. Louis area. And then in December, began offering financing in certain parts of the Springfield area. So hopefully the rest of the state will be sh- shortly, uh, you know, by the end of the next year. So... Good early results for you guys? Yeah, real great early results. We've partnered with over 160 local contractors, so HVAC, roofing, windows, doors, insulation to solar. Uh, real great response uh, from the contractor perspective. And it's really, uh, from a homeowner perspective, typically what we see more than 50% of the time is you're in a need state. And so it's the middle of winter, it's cold outside, your furnace goes. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And really, uh, it's really... By that particular homeowner, it's what financing options do I have available? So some may use a credit card. Some may have saved some cash for the rainy day. Some may have a home equity line for emergency purposes. PACE is single source financing, which means you can only use it for energy efficient, renewable energy improvements on your property. Mm. And so it's a, it's been a big opportunity for those homeowners that are in that need state that need that new furnace. So we, we've talked with many homeowners already uh, this year, this winter, that have had that opportunity or comes and they call their local trusted contractor that comes into their home and they say, well, yes, I need one, but I'd love to also have a more energy efficient unit. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where this is a financing mechanism for that property owner. Do people do it for environmental reasons or to do it for cost savings? What are they? Uh, it, it's really both. Mm-hmm. Uh, PACE really helps empower homeowners to save on their energy bills, uh, but it also uh, helps them re- reduce their f- carbon footprint, uh, helps reduce their energy uh, consumption. And so what we're, what we're seeing from homeowners, and per- in particular the products, because it is single-source financing, only products that have been approved by federal, state, local energy efficiency standards mm-hmm. are uh, – approved for PACE financing. And it really needs to meet what we call, the state calls the economic benefit test, meaning you need to save more on your energy savings over the useful life of the product than the cost of the product and financing. Um, what are the eligibility requirements? I mean, with regards to property taxes, you know, let's absolutely. talk about those. Yeah. What, what, what do the homeowner have to meet in order to, yeah, absolutely. to reach this? Great question. So PACE is actually underwritten based off of the individual the property, since it is property assessed clean energy, as well as the product itself. And so we touched on the product. It needs to meet certain uh, energy specs, Mm -hmm. uh, the property, and the individual. You need to, as the property owner, have a minimum of 10% equity in the property. You need to be a good tax-paying citizen. Mm -hmm. You need to be current on your property taxes because this is uh, paid through the annual property tax bill. And then uh, you need to have, uh, making sure that you're, current on your, all your mortgage-related debt, no history of bankruptcy. So there are a number of other criteria to make sure that this is going to be a successful financing product for the property owner. Mm-hmm. How much savings does it offer, uh, given the range of savings it might offer a, a homeowner? Yeah, and from a homeowner perspective, because it is it ha- needs to meet that economic benefit test, effectively the savings that you're going to realize on an annual basis will be uh, the funds that you use to pay for that incremental line item on your property tax bill. Hmm. That makes sense. Um, all verified contractors, right? Right, exactly. So we go through an extensive contractor review process. We want to make sure we're partnering with all the local trusted contractors. Uh, we go through making sure that they have the appropriate W-9 and insurance requirements and they've got their business licenses. And then they go through our hero training program. Uh, they go through registration to make sure that they've got a, a solid track record. And we have an ongoing workforce training uh, program that throughout the life of uh, the the assessment, the partnership, that as our technology improves, our software platform that, that the contractors are using to make their lives more efficient, we're making sure that they're up to speed with where the platform is and any new different tools. We also have a couple account managers in the field that do ride-alongs with the contractors just to make sure that they know how to explain PACE and the HERO program and this financing option appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking to John Maslowski. Also, you uh, work with seniors, don't you? Absolutely. So we have a separate uh, elder care team specifically for seniors. Uh, as, as we learned just in the home improvement industry, there was sensitivity regarding seniors. And so we've got a group of former uh, law enforcement officials uh, that are staffed that are actually elder care advocates. And so they work with any buddy that uh, is over age 64 uh, just to ensure that they have all the uh, information that they need to understand the finance terms and the, and the product specifications. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your website, by the way? It's heroprogram.com. Heroprogram.com. And you can go to communities and you can select Missouri and then Kansas City. So we, we, I'm reading Renovate America's um, information. Uh, they They talk about uh, leading economists show that 
a home with a hero improvement sell at a price premium that can range from 199 to more than 80, uh, $8,800 more. That's right. And a lot of that too, is we, from learnings again, uh, from California that we brought here, uh, we've created our own hero property advisors team, which is a team of former real estate professionals that help buyers and sellers during whether it's the sale process or the refinancing process. But what we found with pace improvements, since you are investing in the property that you do actually receive more than the cost of that improvement uh, at the time of a sale, whereas your typical bathroom remodel may only be 60 cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Let's say something bad happens. Let's just say that there's a, uh, something goes wrong. Uh, talk to me about post-funding homeowner support. Absolutely. So that, that, that's a real big piece. So a lot of our elig- upfront eligibility criteria are making sure you're going to be a successful homeowner that repays on time. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, because of that criteria, we have found that 99% of the time, these are our property owners that will pay their property taxes on time. For the 1% that's not, we work closely with them, with our support team, to help get them back on uh, on speed to the uh, collection aspect of it. Mm-hmm. We also work closely with county collectors where they need our assistance. Uh, but that is the a key piece of our ongoing support, is making sure that we're working with homeowners to make sure they're going to be successful. Yeah, and one of the things you guys do, or Renovate America does, is um, technology-enabled results. So you, you've actually um, embraced technology. Absolutely. So not only is Renovate America a finance company, we're really a, a technology-enabled finance company. And so a lot of when we're working with local communities, local governments, uh, we, are, we are able to track the data. So when a homeowner completes a uh, signs off on a completed project and that uh, contractor is, is paid through our public partner, uh, what happens is we're tracking that data so we can report back to the local government. So whether it's the city of Kansas City or Jackson County, we can show them the actual results in the community. So we can show the amount invested in the local housing stock. We can show the economic impact of what that means. We can show the estimated uh, savings from uh, energy savings and or emissions reduced. Uh, we can show them the number of jobs that have been created through local contractors. Mm. So real powerful tool. Good data. Uh, absolutely. And the local governments love it because they can show their constituents, this is what Hero is doing in our community. These are the benefits Hero's driving in the community. It makes a lot of sense, and a lot of people want that data. Absolutely. The metrics. Absolutely. To exactly. reinforce what they're doing, That's especially right. in uh, whether you're in my industry, in media, or if you're in um, um Basically, any kind of advertising industry, whether you're doing anything these days, politics, yeah. it's all about uh, ROI and uh, investment and, and, and metrics. Um, you also have selling and refinancing support for these homeowners. Right, and that's that. Uh, that's the HPA team, so the Hero right. Property Advisors team. Uh, we've been working real closely. We've uh, actually attended uh, the Missouri Realtors Association Conference, had a great meeting there. And mm-hmm. A lot of the realtors there have already helped me introduce me to county commissioners and, and <laughs> county collectors. So you get your overalls for the rural areas. Yeah. You, know, you gotta, you can't wear a suit and tie. That, that's right. Absolutely. You're the boot hill. That's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to, you have to, but there are a lot of relationships there. A lot of relationships. There, that's, that's great. Um, really, this is a, a very smart private capital, uh, for public good program. Exactly. It really sounds like when Absolutely. you really boil it down. And when you boil it down, it's really the global municipal bond market that's investing in our local communities. And so the Missouri Clean Energy District being the public partner, they buy, uh, they issue bonds. Our company buys and securitizes those bonds. So we actually have uh, different institutional investors from Asia and Europe that are investing in, not only in the United States, but in our local Missouri communities to help improve the local housing stock. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is this is this something you think is gonna is gonna catch on on a national level? Uh, has it already? Uh, is it is it slower in the Midwest? What are how is this growing renovate America? Right. So it's been pace has been around for about ten years. Okay. So I mean it's it, it's definitely catching on. Uh, they're they're definitely more industry players. Pace Nation is kind of the the industry standard setting body. There are currently thirty three states plus uh, the district District of Columbia that are thirty three that have statutes for pace. And so, and that continues growing as well. And we're looking at expanding beyond. Today, we're active in Florida, Missouri, and California. In California, we're hoping to be active in another three states. Uh, hopefully, by the end of 2017. So, we're definitely growing. The industry is growing, and uh, we're excited to be a part of it. People want to utilize the programs um, again. John Maslowski from Renovate America. Uh, you can learn more at heroprogram.com, right? That's right. That's where you go, and that'll explain to you, uh, if you're listening, all about the program and how you can uh, make improvements to your home and and be more energy efficient. That's right. Which is the goal, right? That's right, Jason. I got it. It's exciting stuff, and uh, you know, it's something you really need to think about. And if it helps you increase your home value, it's even better. Right? That's right. Absolutely. John, thanks for joining me today on the show. Thanks to Teresa Garza for helping set this interview up. Good luck to you. And again, the, the website is heroprogram.com. Uh, thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll be right back after the break. First things first, I'm the realest. Realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons. I just want to chill. Got a sack for us to roll. Married to the money. Introduced her to my stove. Showed her how to whip and now she remix it for low. She my track queen. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Uh, you're listening to 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you listening as well on iTunes, Stitcher, and on GrillNationShow.com. Uh, great to be back here in studio. It's great to uh, talk to the, the guests we had on the show. They were great guests. And I uh, wanted to bring on a guest who I met when I was uh, traveling with the Coffin Foundation to a mayor summit that we I worked on uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Had a had an opportunity to have dinner with uh, with this gentleman and, uh, he is a, a really cool, cool guy and has a great story and has done a lot in his career with entrepreneurs, the venture capitalists, uh, and to help grow, uh, startups throughout the country. Uh, his name's Paul Singh. He is, um, in the past, he was the founder of Disruption Corp, which was acquired by 1776. He was a partner in 500 startups. And now he is, um, if you go to his website, result, resultsjunkies.com, He's on the road a lot. He is, uh, he traveled at an airstream 26,141 miles in 2016, uh, around the country. Just an amazing story. Wanted to have him on the show to talk about his background and his experience in 2016 and what he's going to be looking forward to this year, uh, in 2017. Paul, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me, Jason. I'm, uh, I'm great. Actually, a little bit cold. <laughs> I, uh, we, when we were driving around last year, I was chasing 70 degrees uh, everywhere I went, and now I'm uh, at home in D.C. this month, and it's freezing. <laughs> yeah, right. But otherwise, uh, I'm living the dream. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it, it is a dream. And uh, for our listeners who might not have followed 500 startups or don't know about your background, talk to us about that and kind of uh, how you yeah. got involved in the startup space. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I usually describe myself as sort of a blood-sucking capitalist and a full-time truck driver now. Um, but if you sort of rewind the clock a little bit, uh, I so I came from India um, and I grew up. About half my time growing up was in India, and half my time was in this small town uh, called Ashburn, Virginia. It's about 45 minutes or 45 miles west of Washington D.C. in Northern Virginia. 
Um, and, and really, there was nothing out there other than, you know, it was a great place to grow up, but it really, there was just an airport there. It was a farm town, about 8,000 people, so it was pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, but believe it or not, you know, growing up and, and sort of getting into the workforce in the, in the, in the mid-'90s, uh, I was a bricklayer uh, in the morning. I was making patios in the morning. Wow. And I, and I, and I went to school at George Mason University, uh, you know, in the afternoons as a part-time student, and then I sold cars at uh, CarMax at night. Um, and, and that's kind of what I did. And, Very and entrepreneurial, so, doing a lot of different things. Yeah, you know, and, and so um, anyway, I, I noticed these guys coming into CarMax and buying uh, expensive cars from me uh, and, and often just writing a check for it. And, and here I was getting paid 30 cents a brick in the morning or, uh, or you know, 150 bucks a car at night or whatever. And I'm like, well, what are these guys doing? And, and they, they all looked like they were in the early 30s. And so long story short, it turned out they worked for a startup called America Online. It happened to be there in Ashburn, Virginia as well. So, oh, wow. so sure enough, I, uh, I sort of begged and barred my way into an internship. And it was nothing fancy. I, you know, I, I think I barely got to move cardboard boxes around there. But to be honest, like, that was, it was a really profound thing to me back then because it was the first time I'd ever seen anybody making any money without like physical work or physical labor doing things. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, so, and, and that's not to like kind of minimize what they did. The thing was is that like, I didn't get paid if I didn't put a brick down or I didn't get paid if I sold a car. And so, so for me to watch, you know, AOL kind of like sell a monthly service and make money, even when somebody wasn't at their desk, it was just this profound shift. And, and for me, that's when I sort of then kind of jumped in, I think, and I started to learn how to um, code, and I learned how to sort of, uh, you know, kind of build the business. And so I started hosting people's websites. And um, that's, so I worked at AOL for a little bit. And then, you know, as I was going to Mason, in the late 90s, if, you know, for, for some of the listeners that remember this stuff, like having your own website was a big deal. It yeah, wasn't it was. the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, and so I started hosting people's websites, built a business out of that, um, and grew it into something, you know, pretty, pretty interesting, built a bunch of data centers over time. And long story short, so that so I sold it uh, in 2004. When you were in um, so college, ran that business for about five years, and then um, and then I kind of like messed around for a couple of years. I went to Symantec, you know, big companies like Symantec. Uh, I worked at other friends' startups and things like that. Um, and then uh, and then I started investing in companies in 2009. And you know, uh, like I. I I want to tell you that there was some, some really interesting, sexy story to it, but the reality was I started seeing people making interesting things uh, outside of Silicon Valley, and so I started investing in companies. And, and then from there, I kind of started thinking, well, like, hey, this investing thing is uh, pretty interesting. Why aren't more investors kind of looking other places other than San Francisco? Um, mm-hmm. And that's where I, back then, so from 2010 to 2015, I started sort of flying everywhere. And this is, here's the really sophisticated strategy I used. Basically, since I still live in the D.C. metro area, um, it, our airport is the United Airlines hub. And so every Monday, I'd look for the cheapest flight and essentially get on it. Really? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'd end up in New Delhi, and sometimes I'd end up in, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska. And so... Um, and that's what I did. And so, you know, I ended up building a, a, a venture firm around that, um, you know, and that venture firm is still around. And, uh, and so I did that for, for, um, for about five years. And then, and, and, and there's some important context that you've got to have to, to kind of see why I did the next thing, which is when, when we started that firm, we were really the first micro fund. And that's, um, 
that's sort of defined loosely as a, as a, as a venture fund that's under $100 million, um, which sounds like a lot of money, but in the industry it's not. You know, I, mean, I think in the industry you're talking about three, four hundred, five hundred million dollar funds, and so mm-hmm. we're the little guys. And so anyway, by the end of 2015, though, you know, just five years later, there were something like 340 or 370 registered micro funds, you know, in, in the U.S. And so clearly, other people had kind of picked up to the model and, and started going to, you know, other uh, big cities around the U.S. And so. Um, in late 2015, I started thinking, well, how do we go one step further away from from the big cities? And uh, long story short there, I wanted to take my family with me as well and, you know, not, not spend as much time away from them and that sort of thing. And so, you know, it just kind of came to this conclusion that the best way to kind of take the family with us was to take our house with us. And um, and that's how we got to the RV. <laughs> so in uh, 2016, um, you know, I, like I can probably spin some really cool story for you, but the reality was I didn't know that anybody was actually going to be open to the idea of of somebody like me just kind of showing up in an RV and hanging out and living in it and, you know, all that. Right. So I, I thought, sure, surely surely I can probably find six cities, six co-working spaces around the country that will let me park the trailer out back and, and let me hang out for a week. And I And what I really want to do is kind of spend a week at a time in these cities and just kind of understand what it was like to live, work, and play um, there. And so mm-hmm. um, fast forward a little bit, uh, it turned out to be way more than six cities. We ended up doing uh, 42 cities. So I lived in 42 cities last year for a week at a time with my family. Um, and, you know, part of this was to invest in companies everywhere else, but the other part of it was really just to kind of learn and see what it was like to like live everywhere else. And yeah, so, and, and you and you and interact with interact with different people. And if you go to your website, resultsjunkies.com, there's a, a blog post that you posted about um, what kind of the things you learned. And it, it sounds like it was a positive to take your family with you and uh, it reduced some of the friction in your daily oh, absolutely. life. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it, you know, it, it, I, I feel really fortunate to be able to take my family with me now, but. Um, it definitely made it a lot easier. Certainly there were some hard things, uh, but it definitely made it easier in the long run. I think what I would say about it, though, is that um, traveling with your family or just traveling in general, the things I thought that were going to be easy turned out to be hard. The things I thought were going to be hard turned out to be easy. <laughs> really? So, so for you example, have any examples on that? Let's uh, learn about that. Well, you know, like, for example, I thought um, never having had an RV before or anything like that, some of the stuff that I thought was going to be hard was things like security, you know, like I've got, I've got, you know, Dana and the dog and, and me and, and all this stuff. And so it's like, what, well, what do I do if somebody comes knocking on the door in the middle of the night? You know, <laughs> it turns out nobody ever does that. Really? <laughs> like, like there's never, we've knocked knock on wood. We've never had any issues like that now. So that, that's something that was, I thought was going to be hard, but turned out to be easy. On the flip side, I thought, you know, internet would be easy. Um, and that turned out to be really hard. Uh, right. So, for example, when you're at your house and you fire up Netflix and you want to watch, I don't know, an episode of House of Cards, um, when you, you know that can that can be easily a gigabyte of data. And and at your house, that doesn't really matter, right? Because <laughs> at home, you don't pay by the gig usually. Right. Um, however, on your phone, you absolutely do pay by the gig. So, <laughs> like the first month, I'm looking at my AT and T bill, and I'm like. Why did I just spend five hundred bucks? How'd that happen? How'd that happen? Right. <laughs> um, and plus, so, you're in, you're in, you're traveling all around the country too. I mean, I'm assuming absolutely. sometimes uh, getting internet spotty. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we actually 
one of the ways we solved that was, you know, I've got an AT&T phone and then Dana's got a Verizon phone. And between the two networks, one of us always has connectivity. So mm-hmm. it all worked out to be okay. Sounds like um, it. And uh, it sounds like you smiled a lot on this trip from your blog. And that's one of the um, things that you, you really believe in. Absolutely, man. Like, you know, I, I, I tell people now that I try to just optimize for fun uh, and profit. And, and I think, and I really think to me, that's sort of a, a big part of what entrepreneurship's about is like, you know, having fun without any profit isn't fun very long. <laughs> <laughs> and, pro- and profit without fun is, is kind of boring. And so, um, you know, for me, I think this year was really about like kind of Monday through Friday, we were really fortunate and able to hang out with, with entrepreneurs all around the country. Um, um, and then, you know, usually on the weekends, we would go off to um, national parks, which was just really, really neat um, to, to kind of just go disconnect and unplug and, and all that. So um, we're, overall, it was just such a great positive uh, experience for me personally and, and I think professionally as well. And um, and so we're going we're gonna to be doing a lot more of that here for the next year. And we're going to get into that after the break. We're talking to Paul Singh. His Twitter handle is Paul Singh. That's S-I-N-G-H on Twitter. Uh, I want to talk to him a little bit about some of his favorite cities he visited in 2016 and then get into 2017, some of the places he's going to be visiting and uh, some of the, the great things he's going to be doing to put together people with venture capitalists, entrepreneurs, startups throughout this country. Uh, you're listening to Grill Nation Show on 980 AM and GrillNationShow.com. We'll be right back after the break. I turn the music up. I got my records on. I shut the world outside until the lights come on. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for listening to 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you also joining us today on GrillNationShow.com. We're talking to Paul Singh. His Twitter handle is at Paul Singh, S-I-N-G-H. He uh, is an entrepreneur, venture capitalist. He puts together entrepreneurs and those two things. And uh, he's calling us today from Washington, D.C. He was on an Airstream uh, traveling over, I think, 24 or 25, actually twenty, yeah, 26,000 miles in his Airstream. Uh, in 2016, and he's he's about to go out again in 2017 on the same kind of trek with new cities. Um, Paul, talk to us about some of the surprising cities that you visited in 2016 from an entrepreneur perspective. Well, I, I think, um, okay, so just like right off the top of my head, uh, a couple cities come to mind. Um, we spent some time in Fort Wayne, Indiana last year, and, um, you know, it's, it's only about, I think, two hours up the road from, from Indianapolis. Uh, and, and I went there not knowing anything about it. I mean, you know, to be honest, a lot of these cities, actually every city I went to last year, I didn't know anybody in them, uh, almost up until the point I got there. So, so that was a really like common thing between all the cities. But anyway, so for Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, small town, but, but like I, having been there now for a week, um, I, I get why people want to live there. The quality of life is good. The people are nice. The food's good. You know, like. Um, uh, the cost of living is affordable. Uh, the weather's nice and it, it was just really neat. And then, and then as you kind of spend a week there and you get to meet, um, you know, entrepreneurs of all, of all sort of categories, um, you kind of start to see like, it's a reminder, I guess, that you can really build an interesting company from anywhere. Um, and that may not sound very like, um, I guess impressive or whatever, but like for me, you know, it was interesting. I, I started the tour not knowing any of these places. I kind of, I think in our industry, we kind of assume that unless you're in one of the big cities, um, you're not doing anything important. And so cities like Fort Wayne sort of kind of reminded me that, like, a lot of people are just kind of 
able to do whatever they want from anywhere else. Um, yeah. Uh, another place like Albuquerque, New Mexico. I that was a that was a really interesting city. I, it was one of the larger cities on the tour by population, but it was so interesting that I actually ended up going back twice. So I went, you know, I think at the end of March, um, and then I ended up kind of going back again in October. I think it was, um, and it was just really interesting because they've got sort of a lot of up and coming stuff there. Like their their co working spaces were opening up, and the mayor was getting much more involved. Uh, and, and they were just doing a lot, a lot of stuff there to kind of help um, more entrepreneurs get started, which is kind of neat. And did you go to the um, balloon fiesta when you were out there, Paul? <laughs> I did. Okay. I did actually. Okay, and, and we 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 tried to get some photos of the balloons floating over the trailer. It just didn't work out very well. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we, the think, mayor is a great guy I, out there, and he, he I actually went out there a few years ago and saw it, and it's pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, I will tell, I will tell you though that like I think that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I ended up shaking hands with over 20,000 people last year. I mean, we, we actually tried to write down, like, everybody's names and keep in touch with them and that sort of thing. And so it was really fascinating because, like, I guess, I guess like, um, I, and I'm almost embarrassed to say this, like, I kind of feel like um, my industry doesn't pay enough attention to those, to those places. And, and so, like, it, it was just really, really um, – I guess inspiring is the word I would use. I was super inspired by people that were that were doing cool things. And, and so, like, you know, in places like Tennessee, we met accountants, for example, like full-time accountants that were sort of um, – they had open consulting practices uh, at night, which doesn't sound like, you know, quote-unquote innovative in the traditional sense, but here's these accountants making a couple thousand dollars extra every month just because they now have access to the Internet. Um, and that was really neat. And then on the other extreme, like – you know, about 30 minutes outside of Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, you've got a guy that started um, with a CNC milling uh, uh, machine in his garage 20 years ago, and now, you know, 20 years later, he's got something like, you know, 1,100 employees wow. and, and, you know, 600,000 square feet, and they make medical implants, um, you know, for, for the majority of the industry. And, and just listening to him kind of tell his story uh, was really fascinating because it's like, it's it's it wasn't an overnight success. And that's, see, that's the common thing I think we kind of picked up everywhere was that, like, it doesn't matter where you're from or, like, what business you're in, there's no such thing as an overnight success. The, the press will kind of make it seem like that, but for most of these people, it was a grind, right? It was mm-hmm. a grind to find a customer. It was a grind to then get 10 more. Um, it was a grind to find their first employee. Yeah, it um, is. And um, and one of the things, too, I want to talk about, Paul, we're talking to Paul Singh, uh, resultsjunkies.com. Check it out. Uh, 2017 is here, and I want to just – Briefly mention some of the cities that you are going to be going to. Uh, Lubbock, Texas, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, Phoenix, South Sioux Falls, Des Moines, Kansas City, Missouri in May, Grand Junction, uh, Missoula, Montana, Lincoln, Knoxville, I mean, you, Lafayette, Rochester, Albuquerque. you got a busy schedule in 2017. <laughs> and I will mention that you will be here in uh, May 2017, it looks like, from your calendar in Kansas City. Yep, 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 that's the plan. And we've got a couple more cities um, lined up. So we're... Last year we did about 42 cities. This year my goal is to try to cap it at around 20 cities um, just because we're sort of ramping up a couple other things around the tour, and I just want to be able to, like, focus more on what we're doing in, the, in those cities. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to actually leave. Uh, so when I'm not on the road, uh, we live here in downtown Washington, D.C., so we're going to leave here tomorrow afternoon uh, and start making our way over to Texas and then kind of kick off. But, but this year, you know, uh, we're going to try to do it a little bit better. So last year was really haphazard. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I started the tour thinking nobody, you know, surely nobody would want uh, a family in an RV living behind the co-working office. 
uh, for a week at a time. And, and so it was just haphazard. People would say, you can come park here. And I'd be like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's what we did. Um, th- this year, you know, so I have a couple of regrets from last year. I, um, you know, and just to kind of shoot them straight, I think the first is uh, we didn't, we didn't kind of do our part in sharing the stories of those people that we met along the road. Um, so, so we're going to, we're going to make that better. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I think the other thing that I'm kind of regretful of is that I, I kind of approached last year as an investor. Like I, I, you know, because my, my business uh, for the last five or six years has been to invest in high growth companies. I, I really, a lot of the tour and a lot of the programming that we did on, on the ground in every city was really focused on those, um, high growth or high potential growth businesses. Um, and I, and I regret that because like, that's the, that's a, a super, super small subset of all the, the different kinds of entrepreneurs that we, we met. So, so, you know, for this year, um, there's essentially like three big things we're doing differently. Um, you know, this year the events are going to be much more inclusive, meaning, um, you know, we're not just targeting high growth, uh, entrepreneurs, but, you know, for example, we've got a, a track of, uh, programming for brick and mortar companies and how mm-hmm. they can use technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got tracks for nonprofits. We've got tracks now for, uh, for local economic development groups. And I just want to make it much like I want, I want to just kind of talk to more than just the, you know, the coders, the quote-unquote, you know, coders or whatever. Right, right, um, right. I think the second thing we're going to do different this year is that um, we're going to capture their stories uh, of, all the, of all these people we meet. So we've actually got a camera crew of two or three guys, three guys, I guess, now. They're going to be going with us every stop. Um, and, and think of this as like sort of like the Anthony Bourdain kind of documentary. Um, this isn't going to be made for TV or anything like that. This is really about like, you know, Capturing five to ten right. minute YouTube videos and, you know, 60 second punchy Facebook videos and just kind of capturing the story of these people and why they chose to live and work and mm-hmm. play and build their businesses in, in these cities. It's awesome. Um, so, and then the third big thing is, is we're, we're opening up our investing to much, a much broader set of companies. So, um, we're going to keep doing the high growth venture investing, uh, that, that I've been doing. We've invested a little over 1800 companies now. Um, the last couple of years, but this year, starting this year, we've also got a separate pool of capital just for those, um, uh, businesses that, you know, may or may not want to go big. So like, you know, for example, we met consulting companies that were doing anywhere from 50 to a hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue. Uh, and in, in some cases or in a lot of cases, they're not qualified for venture financing, but mm-hmm. they're too small for like bank financing. And I think there's, there's some interesting stuff we can do there. So, so we're going to kind of make our investing a lot more um, applicable to, to sort of quote unquote real businesses everywhere. Very. And I hope that we can kind of convince other investors to kind of follow suit. Very exciting. Um, hey Paul, we gotta yeah. get, we gotta get running here. Uh, Paul Singh at Paul Singh on Twitter. Uh, check his website out at resultsjunkies.com. You can see where the tour is going and connect with Paul. Paul, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jason. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Take care and good luck.